How's it going? How's it going? And welcome to From the Sidelines. My name is Josh Duvall, and I'm here with Chad Davis and Devin Davis. Today, we're talking hoops. It's March. You know what time it is. It's March Madness. That's what this episode's about to be about. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at FTSPod. You can follow us on Twitter at FTSPod. If you've got any comments, questions, concerns, you can email us at theftspod at gmail.com. While you're doing all this stuff on the internet, you can go ahead and swoop on over to that search engine and you can type in ftspod.com and that is our website. So you can go visit that, check out some articles, some podcasts, all kinds of stuff. Anything you want to know from the FTS world is on there. That is ftspod.com if you can't spell. Yeah, let's, let's get into some March Madness. As you know, it's March. That's 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 the whole month is dedicated to. There's nothing else. St. Patty's Day, forget about it. Anything else, forget about it. If you have an anniversary, forget about it. It's March Madness, baby. So, lots going on. Lots going on. Let's uh, let's we're gonna do this region by region. Just a little recap. If you haven't listened already, go listen to our FTS bracketology episode so you can hear our picks and what we decided on. You know who's gonna win the championship, who's gonna win whatever game. You know we we did all of that. So go ahead and go listen to that if you haven't already. In this episode, we're gonna recap it all. What's gone down so far, at least. So let's let's kick it off with the South. Now, uh, I mean, like a lot, lots happened in March Madness this year. A lot of crazy upsets but uh let's let's what, what's the, what's your biggest takeaway from the south region of march madness so far i mean i think the biggest storyline of perhaps the whole tournament uh resides in the south region and that is oral roberts second 15 seed of all time to make it to the sweet 16 um upsetting ohio state and florida in their way and you know i think i mean a lot of a lot of people you know aren't familiar with 15 seeds but i mean when you look back at it, I mean, they had the nation's leading scorer uh, with Max. Uh, how do you say his name? Admus. Like uh, something like that. And uh, he, and then uh, Kevin O'Banner on the interior. So that two-man game for Oral Roberts worked out well in both rounds. And Dwayne Washington really had a terrible game in, in the first round and kind of faltered down the stretch, especially in overtime. So. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know many people that uh, you know had Oral Roberts penciled in on their brackets. I know we certainly did not. We did not indeed. But I mean, they have a they have a nasty two man game, and it's been fun to watch. Honestly, this just confirms that Ohio State was bad all along, just like we all thought. It's just the Big Ten tournament. They threw they threw us off their scent with that, and it was very unfortunate. But I mean, at least I. I thought they would at least get out of the first round against the 15 seed. I don't anyway. And then, but I will say when I watched this game, I, they get Florida next. Florida sucks. Florida is such a bad team. I actually expected them to win. Is that, is that like dumb of me? Like I was fully expecting them to win. Yeah. No, if you beat, if you already beat Ohio state, Florida should be a cakewalk. Exactly. But but it's like these these teams that pull these upsets all the time they always lose get destroyed but in the next round like Ohio did and Abilene Christian Abilene Christian yes yes so I'm I'm surprised that didn't happen with them but like I said Florida sucks and uh, they proved it uh, last week I mean yeah we get to see the tournament kick off with Florida's performance against Virginia Tech and. I mean, if Trey Mann doesn't knock down a nasty step-back three dagger, I mean, they probably face a Virginia Tech in the round of 32. So, I mean, Castleton was just going to work. <laughs> it's tough, tough for Virginia Tech fans to watch, I think. But, I mean, 
Oral Roberts got the job done, and yeah, I was I was like Chad. Uh, I thought I kind of thought they would win that game actually in the round of thirty two. Honestly, y'all think they uh, they have a shot at beating Arkansas in the Sweet Sixteen? No shot. Don't, no. Nope. Don't see it at all. <laughs> Arkansas just plays too fast, and they're just not going to be able to keep up. Yeah, Arkansas is really good. I mean, Moses Booty has you know lived up to the height. He looks like one of the best players, and I think Jalen Tate will be really solid on defense, able to shut down. Um, Amos, and then they they have some interior presence as well. Where I think, um, like Justin Smith, who's the senior um, big man for Arkansas. I mean, I think between those uh, defensive presences, I think they'll be able to shut down the Oral Roberts two man game. And you know, they won't be they won't be getting snuck up on like maybe Ohio State was, just kind of you know sleepwalking into the two fifteen game, not really um, that worried about losing. But you know, we're in the Sweet Sixteen now. I think uh, Musselman will have the have the Razorbacks prepared, and I, I think it'll be a uh, stomp. Much like happened with Florida, Florida Gulf Coast back in 2013. Yeah. If McClung can just hit a free throw, they'd be facing Texas Tech, but whatever. Or we make point-blank wide-open layups. Yeah. I forget who missed, yeah. whoever missed that layup. I forget who missed it too, but it was wide open, just threw it straight off the backboard, like, Mm-hmm. Yep. In free college to do that. That's ridiculous. How about uh how about your Purdue Boilermakers there, Devin? Uh, um, I am more I'm less upset that we lost and I'm more upset that I knew that we were garbage and proceeded to still pick them to make the Sweet Sixteen. That's really what perturbed me. I mean, the the game against North Texas was absolutely egregious. It was some of the worst coaching and worst game management I have seen all year. And trust me, I watched 52 games over the past weekend. Completely egregious. I don't know what Matt Painter was doing. Um, Sasha Stefanovic literally did not see the court in like the second half. Only played 19 minutes. And they were playing Eric Hunter, who, newsflash, cannot shoot the ball. He's only shooting 27% from three. And at the end of the game in an OT, every single possession is an Eric Hunter three. What? Why not have Stefanovic on the court and let him be taking those shots? Or at least spacing so Travion Williams can post up or uh, Jade Nivey can, you know, drive to the rim. Both of those. Uh, just spacing the floor. It's the same problem we had with Kentucky all season. Calipari just refusing to play Dante Allen. Why space the floor with shooters? I don't know. It's too hard of a concept, I guess. And then on the other side of the court, we're just letting we're just letting JV on Hamlet go to work one v one, and we have Eric Hunter on the game, so presumably to be able to play defense. And we're just still still getting destroyed by JV on Hamlet and his floater in the mid lane. And you know Travion Williams not tall enough, not athletic enough to go up and block it, so our rim protector is nullified, and we're refusing to double team, especially off of uh, trapping off of pick and rolls. So it's tough to watch. We wanted to lose the game. We deserve to lose the game. Um, and it was just honestly a coaching clinic um, by the North Texas and not by Matt Painter. So yet again, and then we saw we saw in the second round we saw in the second round what Villanova what Villanova was able to do. They trapped they trapped Hamlet off of screens, didn't let him get his get going. They were able to grow a big lead and it was insurmountable in the second half. Yeah, when teams have one player, I don't know what's so hard about double teaming that one player and making someone else beat you. Just some coaches just refuse to do it, and it just makes no sense to me. 
And you saw that with Purdue, who lost, and Villanova, who won. Like, that's all you need to know. Uh, before I forget, was Hamlet's dad at the game? Does anyone, oh does my! Know? Was, oh my goodness! I've there? seen I've seen enough I've seen enough footage of Hamlet's father to do me for the rest of my life between the WKU game and the Conference USA championship game and the Purdue game. Sheesh, man! I I felt like he was the one playing. He got more screen time than Hamlet did. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I was watching the father. Like, come on now, chill. We like we, every other player has parents too. You know, just because the dude's dropping twenty four doesn't mean you know we need to show his dad more than him. You know what's uh, you know what's funnier than twenty four? I was gonna say twenty five, but uh, twenty three, and that's what Wisconsin beat North Carolina by. Wow! Yeah, hand, hand up, hand up on that one. I was wrong. Just uh, North Carolina sucks. I just I took the name I took the name on the jersey instead of the actual players on the court, and, and it was just very very awful to watch them. Just actually, it wasn't awful. I very I enjoyed it. I just picked them to win. But I also hate Wisconsin, too, you know, for obvious reasons in uh, 2015. So anyway. I feel less I feel less bad about missing that pick because Wisconsin shot 48 percent from three. Like, of course they did. Of course, of course, the team that's like 36 percent on the season, really mediocre and plays slow in an interior game, which, you know, plays in North Carolina's favor, in my opinion. Of course, they shot 48 percent from behind the arc. So, you know. Between Brad Davidson and Trice, I mean, what are you going to do? I would I would pick North Carolina again, despite the fact they lost by 23. I just, I don't see, you know, Brad Davidson shooting five for seven from three again. So, whatever. We saw what happened when yeah. they weren't hitting threes against Baylor. They lost. I mean, I think we both knew whichever team won that game was going to lose round of 32 anyways. So, not a big bracket bust if you chose either one, really. And Baylor, I mean, destroying Hartford. Villanova winning, Florida and Virginia Tech. Yeah, let's talk about Florida and Virginia Tech. I had Virginia Tech. Uh, it was a close game. I was kind of disappointed, but uh, what did you all think about that game? I mean, they should have won. They were winning the whole game, and then they just let Castleton come in in the second half and just walk all over them in the interior, and they just backed down like a bunch of sissies, and he just did whatever he wanted. I mean, I didn't. I don't really care who wins. But, like, I picked Virginia Tech in my bracket because I, Florida sucks. We'll say that again. <laughs> but they just let one guy beat them, and then the man kid just hits a bunch. Hit just, he's the worst good player I've ever seen. Like, he'll hit the big <laughs> shot, but he'll also just, like, dribble the ball off his foot in key moments. And I, I just don't, I don't know. <laughs> this is fact. I, I was the only one I'm rooting for Purdue, I mean, for Florida, and, uh, you know, it was rough. I'm just watching Trey Mann run the same high screen action with Castleton and get trapped and dribble it off his foot. I mean, he hit a not like the nasty step back three dagger, which was a terrible shot, but it went in. Hey, and and you know, Florida's best player was Hunter Couture. I mean, he thought he was he thought he was the best player. I mean, he's just throwing up three after three every possession, proceeding to miss all of them. And that's a shot. That's a possession where Aluma or Aline didn't get to shoot the ball. So. Two thumbs up for me. I mean, Radford was taking mid-range jumpers. I mean, they, I, like, I don't know. I was just like, hey, any time that Aline is getting the ball out of his hands, fine by me. And, you know, it was, I mean, Florida blew the game at the end of regulation, so it's a good thing they, they came back and won in overtime. But, I mean, it felt like Florida was the better team, but that was a hard game to watch, honestly. 
neither yeah. side was particularly appealing. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So Sweet Sixteen games. You already said that you think Arkansas is going to beat Oral Roberts. Who do you think is going to win between Baylor and Villanova? Baylor, easy. Both both of these games are going to be terrible. I don't know what's what how Villanova has made it this far. Uh, they're they're not very good with Gillespie, and they don't have Gillespie yet. They're still dropping, you know, eighty points. And uh, but now you know they actually play a real team. Uh, Baylor will just destroy them. And yeah, I wish I could get a twelve five upset right. I picked Winthrop and you know one lost team. Oh, they can they can beat Villanova without their point guard. Surely, nope. It's Oregon State. Shout out to Josh for getting that one. Thank you. I was uh, yeah. Since you brought that up, let's go ahead and move on down to the Midwest. Um, oh, I had an I had a Winthrop rant to go on, but we'll go. We'll go ahead and move on. No, don't move on. I mean, I'm just I I couldn't watch them. Post up DJ Burns every single possession against Robinson Earl like he was prime Dirk or prime McKean. Like, oh my goodness, we thought DJ Burns was the best player, post player known to man, and he's also going against Villanova's best best player. So, yeah, it was it was so egregious to watch. I I was like, why did I pick this team? I didn't know that they I didn't know that they would just run DJ Burns post ups into the ground every position. That was my rant. Can we stop? Can we stop posting up Big South big men against NBA lottery picks? <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a pretty easy one to figure out, but I, I guess we couldn't do it. My bad. All right. Well, yeah. Let's, let's go. Let's go on to the Midwest now. Like Chad said, Oregon State, my favorite game. Oh my god, my favorite game. I mean, it was, obviously it wasn't a close game, but it made me so excited because I picked Oregon State to beat Tennessee because I knew Tennessee was absolutely atrocious and not good at basketball. Um. Uh, and then them proceeding to beat Oklahoma State, which was shocking, which is shocking. And now they get to go up against Loyola Chicago in the Sweet 16. That, a matchup like I don't think anybody could, could expect, you know. Um, but, yeah, what do you, that Oregon State-Tennessee game, what do you think happened there? Like Tennessee just left all their talent in, in Knoxville, I guess. I don't know. I it's easy, to, it's easy to sum up. Oregon State just hit 48% from three. And Tennessee didn't even hit 20%. So when you're playing a team that plays zone, like Oregon State did, and Tinkle actually had a good game plan. for like He just outcoached Rick Barnes. Hats off to him. I mean, when you just have a 28% advantage in three-point shooting, you're going to win You're gonna win tournament games. It's just as simple as that, especially when you're running a zone against Tennessee. Tennessee was lackadaisical. They only had 19 points in the first half. Or, or, like, what, what is that? <laughs> what is that? Like, oh, my, like you could put you could put us three out there. We could score at nineteen points and a half. Come on now, I, it was t- it was tough to watch. I mean, the only person that could make a three on Tennessee's team was Viscovi, so that wasn't much of a contest. And then we'll get into the Oklahoma State game in a second. But whew, we 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 didn't realize we had Kid Cunningham on our team. I'll just say that. Yeah. Well, what did you all think about the uh, Syracuse and San Diego State game? So then we picked San Diego State and you know, and, uh, had some uh, high praises for them in the FTS Bracketology episode and ended up getting getting screwed up by that 2-3 zone. See, I'm at the point where if a, Syrac- a double-digit seeded Syracuse team is in the tournament, I'm just picking them to the Sweet 16 and just, just not even thinking about it, just moving on. Uh, yeah, Buddy Bayheim. Coach's son is, is kind of killing it. 
yeah, he's looking like uh, one of the best players in the tournament. And I guess that's what happens when uh, so that's what happens when you shoot seventy percent from three in your first game. Congrats, buddy. Yeah, it's but it's really. I'm just gonna start picking teams that play the two-three zone every game because it's really it's really frustrating to watch a thirty-seven percent three-point shooting team just shoot twenty-seven percent like San Diego State did, and they could not buy a bucket. They could not buy a bucket in the first half. They didn't know how to beat the zone. What's putting a man at the free throw line and moving the ball and pat like uh, it was tough to watch. And they only had 18 points at halftime. Meanwhile, Syracuse is just hitting everything. They throw up 56% from three. What is that? Buddy, buddy shot 70% himself. It was hard to watch. You could play that game 10 times. And I feel like San Diego State wins eight, but they just had an off night and Syracuse didn't miss. So that's that's what happened. So I'm just going to start picking the team to play the 2-3 zone because it's, it's frustrating to watch. Well, another uh, another upset. This was kind of a... Yeah, kind of a hard game to watch. You didn't really know how it was going to turn out, but uh, Rutgers and Clemson. Rutgers actually um, winning. Like, wait, wait, what? What upset? Well, huh? I mean, people. I mean, by the by, the seating by the wow. Okay, oh my God, my okay, you just... say that. You say that. And I said last episode. I thought the seating should be switched, and and just to prove that Rutgers was the favorite in this game. By the way, yeah. So. I know it was very, very awful game. It was a terrible Uh, game. Yes, they took care of business like they were supposed to. And I thought they would because I thought they were the better team. Made me nervous, but, you know, they pulled it out. And then they just completely just choked in the Houston game. I don't don't know what they were doing the last two minutes. They were they were fouling every Uh, they couldn't buy a foul call and then they couldn't make a free throw. I mean, uh, yeah. Rutgers is just that was, that was a hard team to watch. That was a hard team to watch, man. Between Harper and Baker, I mean, just throwing up shot after shot and not being good enough to make them. Whew. I mean, but Rutgers could not buy a call against Houston in that second half. It was just, it was a little bit of some home cooking, if you ask me. But Houston came back. Respect. I mean, Quentin Grimes, he lives to see another day. So I'm looking forward to that. I want to know yeah. what Josh thinks about my guy Crutwig. I was about to say we have all this, all this talk. You know who's who's the best player in the NCAA tournament this year? Is it Cade Cunningham? No, obviously not. Is it Moses Moody? Is it you know whoever, whoever? Uh, I mean, I think there's a clear answer as to who the best player in the NCAA tournament is this year, and that would be Cameron Crutwig. Um, and it's not even the fact that he took out my champion; it's the fact that. He did so while, I mean, just, I, I really don't, I, it, it's phenomenal to watch. You see these guys who are like, they're so in shape. They're in the gym all the time. And you see guys like Cameron Crutwig, you'd see him out in public and you'd be like, you, you're like, oh, he's tall. So yeah, he maybe plays basketball, but you'd like, kind of like, like give him a second look and be like, maybe he doesn't, maybe he's just a regular guy. I mean, just goes off, goes off. Nobody can stop him. He's just. Completely shutting down. Um, I can't think of his name. Kofi uh, Coburn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kofi Coburn. Just, just destroying him. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. This guy we've never heard of. I don't know what sister, sister Jean did or whatever her name is. But I mean, by the grace of God, I mean she, <laughs> she must have did an awful lot of praying there because they just, they just absolutely shit on Illinois. So, yeah. I mean, I'm I very think- disappointed. 
I don't think it was as unexpected as all, some people might have thought, just because if you look at Kempom rankings, I mean, I, I know they're not the end-all, be-all, 100% accurate, but Loyola was, what, ninth or 8th prior to that game? So, I mean, I mean, you know, they were technically a 3-seed according to Kempom, so I think, you know, it's a situation where selection committee kind of underseeded uh, Loyola, and I guess that's just a product of being in the Missouri Valley Conference. So, you know, maybe yeah. one of the maybe one of these years... Uh, you know, we'll actually get a decent seating, yeah. but you know, nonetheless, uh, I think you know it's just unfortunate that Illinois had to had to run into a kind of underseeded team in Loyola, and you know, Coburn just really didn't have a great game on defense, and Io was not not not, not even there. not even yeah not even yeah it was it was just a tough game for Illinois. They did not play well in either end of the court, and they just like Cameron Crutwig. Take their lunch money. Yeah, uh, we need to get him on the podcast because we and him have some beef right now. I had my entire, except for that game, up to the Sweet 16, my entire Midwest side of the bracket was perfect. Completely perfect, except for Loyola Chicago beating Illinois. Round of uh, of 64, perfect. Round of 32, perfect. Except for that one game. That one game, of course, is my champion. So. Josh Brackett yeah. was doing quite well until he lost Illinois. Unbelievably well. And then, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just, the world likes giving me false hope and then just screwing me. So. You better hope Gonzaga loses. That's all I got to say. Uh, I hope so. But Oh, well. Um, so, Sweet 16 action uh, in the Midwest. We've got Loyola, Chicago, and Oregon State playing each other. And Syracuse and Houston. Wow. Uh, just think about this. One of these teams is going to be in the final four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And exactly. I hope it's not Houston. I hope it's, and you know, Loyola. I hope it is Crutwig and his receding hairline in the final four. Yeah. And no, I, I hope I honestly, I'm, I'm rooting for Loyola at this point. I hope, I hope they get through there. And then I hope once, once, you know, Crutwig, you know, gets a, maybe, maybe even becomes an NCAA champion. Who knows? He'll uh, get some dental work done. Maybe, maybe gets a sh- maybe gets a shave. Learns how to use a razor. All, all yeah. things that would be beneficial, I think. But mm-hmm. I, I really am just going to be rooting against Oregon State. I, I, there's not there. There are a few teams I hate watching more. Somehow, Ethan Thompson turned into one, a, a, a deadly free throw shooter, one of the best players in the country. Apparently, I, I don't know. He's just doing better than Cade Cunningham in Oregon State. I mean, or Oklahoma State. I mean. I, and you know you're just watching you're just watching you know uh, what Avery Anderson and throw up shots and Keelan Boone like these guys are just throwing up so many shots and why give Cade the ball why let Cade go to work when we're trying to come back and they they cut it down to like one or two right it got close and then Oregon State just ballooned it back out so yeah I, that was that was rough to watch if you were an Oklahoma State fan there they they just were not interested in letting Cade work. Um, but nonetheless, I can't. I really hope Loyola wins and makes it to the Final Four. Is I can't watch the Beavers, man. They're so bad, but the zone is just cheese. It just works. They're they're the hot team right now, but they're they were picked 12th in the Pac-12 preseason for a reason. For a reason. Uh, they weren't they weren't supposed to win the you know the Pac-12 tournament. They did pulled off two upsets, and you know they're not supposed to be in the tournament, right? They're not supposed to be here, and yet. They just get hot and they go on a run. Um, you know, hopefully Sister, Sister Jean works her magic and they they uh, they finally fall to 
the Ramblers. So y'all, so who do you, who do you have one in this Week 16 game between Loyola and Oregon State? Well, uh, Loyola. Loyola makes the Final Four. Easy. Yeah, the Final Four. What about Syracuse and Houston? Eh, who cares? I, 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 it's not a, not a game I want to watch, man. I can't watch the zone. I hate it. It's going to be so frustrating just watching teams not figure out how to beat it, not hit a single shot. So I'm going to take Syracuse just because I'm going to start picking the teams that play the 2-3 zone. So I'm going to take Syracuse. Okay. I, I actually will, too, on a real note, because I did not like what I saw from Houston against Rutgers. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I third that. All right, let's go on to the, I don't, I'd, I'd argue probably the most, almost the most normal, eh, definitely more normal than the past two uh, divisions in the bracket we talked about. Let's go to the eastern side of the bracket. And the, um, really the only like major thing here that's been shocking was Abilene Christian beating Texas. So what did you all think about that game? I'm just I'm just so mad at myself for not trusting my own opinions I had prior to the tournament because I knew Texas was garbage I knew they were bad I knew they were fraudulent and just because Jericho Sims looked like a half decent player and for two games in the Big 12 tournament I convinced myself that you know they might actually be capable of winning a game or two in the tournament and you know should have known should have known that Chaka Smart would lose in the first round um, to Abilene Christian of all teams. Um, and we saw that reflected in the spread. I believe the spread was only like seven, which when you know when you compared it to the other three fourteen games, was at, like half. Like I think uh, West Virginia was like a thirteen and a half point favorite, and Kansas was something like that as well. So, I mean, Vegas kind of knew Abilene Christian was going to be uh, dangerous and give them a run for their money. And you know, when a game is finishing fifty three to fifty two, I mean, you can you can tell what type of basketball was played in that game, and uh, it wasn't necessarily a pretty one criminally low scoring. I think the lowest scoring game out of the entire round of 64, unless you count Oregon and VCU, in which Oregon won by one point. Because VCU was a no-show. Um, for COVID reasons. But, yeah, I mean, criminally low scoring game. That's crazy. <laughs> 53 to 52. Wow. Um, yeah, not, I mean, neither one of those teams played good at all that game. So, I mean, it, it was it was to no surprise that UCLA beat Abilene Christian in round of 32 that next round. Um. Yeah. What do you What do y'all think about UCLA making it to the Sweet Sixteen? Who's the Hawkes guy? Where did he come from? Uh, I I couldn't tell you. I I couldn't tell you. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie and say you know I, I stayed up every night watching Pac-12 basketball at midnight for fun. Like that's just not something I partake in. Like I have better things to do with my time. Uh, but apparently. I mean, apparently that's the case for all these other teams that UCLA had to play. I, I don't think Michigan State had ever heard of Hawkwes. Didn't look like BYU had even heard of Johnny Juzang. And then you know, Abilene Christian didn't stand a chance when they got to that point. But, I mean, between the two-man game of Hame Hawkwes and Johnny Juzang, they look like a real buzzsaw. So, I mean, we we got to see a ton of Mick Cronin's father. That's, that's a plus of watching yeah. three UCLA games, eh? Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't really know how uh, Mick Cronin would do when he got over to got that coaching job at UCLA. He's um, not. He's not done well. He's just yeah, not. I know. Right? <laughs> that's, just, that's, that's the funny part. Like, where do you, he coached at Cincinnati before, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah, I, I just feel like his system fits so much better there than UCLA. Yet somehow UCLA, UCLA is in the Sweet Sixteen. Um, 
I don't get it. I don't get it. Shame on John Calipari for not playing Johnny Juzang. Um, just want to say that real quick. But yeah, I don't. Kind of, kind of crazy. Do they do they beat Alabama though? No uh, way. So you no see, way. I would say no chance. But you know, Alabama is kind of one of those teams where they beat you by thirty, or they they make it make it a close game out of you know Iona for no reason because they can't buy a bucket. So it depends on how hot Alabama comes out. Uh, I think they'll be ready. Uh, this this the stupid run by this bad UCLA team is just it's it's going to end here. It's got to end here. I, I'm mad at myself, though, because I had BYU losing in the first round to whoever that won that it. game. Uh, yeah. I was expecting it to be Michigan State. I still think Michigan State was the better team uh, when I found out you or when I saw UCLA won. You know, I switched to BYU because I didn't think UCLA was very good. But yeah. I also I also knew BYU sucked too. It's it's just unlucky, just unlucky. I had too much faith in BYU. I had them winning against UCLA too. I don't know why I did. I mean, just a just a bad team. Matt Harms might be like the worst, like seven three basketball player I've ever seen in my life. I love I, I love having tall and athletic big men and thinking that's how basketball should be played in 2021. And that's it's it's a, it's like it's honestly hilarious to me. If you're 7-3 and unathletic, I mean, you have to make a, at least be able to your game has to be revolved around your post hook. If you airball post hooks and you're 7 foot 3, you're not going to do anything in the NBA. You're not even going to make it there. Like that's Oh god, it's unbelievable. I really don't know. I'm I'm really just mad at myself for not picking a first four team to win or even make the round of uh, or the Sweet 16, I should say. So, you know, it happens literally every year except 2019, and it's happened. And after I knew it wasn't going to be Drake because USC was I'm so much better than them, I should have just known it was going to be UCLA because one of the two teams had to win. So, I'm just mad at myself that I neglected that fact and needed to pick BYU. Yeah. Not really too many other crazy things happening on this side of the bracket. I mean, Michigan won, LSU won, Colorado won by a mile, Florida State won. I mean, I guess, you know, Maryland. Maryland beat UConn, which I know we, we had a UConn winning. So uh, what do you all think about that? Was, did y'all, were you all surprised by that? Uh, I mean, see, I knew UConn was a fraudulent team. But I was panicking because like three minutes before the brackets locked, I switched my pick to UConn. I don't know why I just did. I just didn't like I just didn't feel good picking Maryland. So I was like, OK, UConn's. They have the they're going to have the best player on the floor, you know. So, I mean, that's that's just why I switched my pick. But, you know, I was freaking out. So, I mean, James Bonite just played terrible. He just had one of his worst games ever. And I, again, if you play that game just like 10 times, I think UConn wins like 7 times. So, Wiggins had a great game. Uh, Eric, I don't know how to say his last name, but he dropped 24. Like, I'd never heard of the guy put 24 or 23 in a tournament game. So, yeah, it happens. Right. All right, so let's talk Sweet 16. You got Michigan versus Florida State, and you got UCLA versus Alabama. I think we can all agree you think Alabama's going to win, right? I I would hope so. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> what about uh, Michigan and Florida State here? 
See, Michigan oh, no. Michigan didn't look as bad as I thought they would, given the fact that uh, Isaiah Livers was out. Um, I mean, I think I think uh, LSU had a real shot to win that game. Uh, Cameron Thomas and uh, Javante Smart played out of their minds, but uh, they just didn't get a lot from Trenton Wofford, unfortunately. So they fell short, but I mean, between Brooks and Dickinson and I mean Wagner looked good, and then Brown, uh, Shonday Brown off the bench. I mean, Michigan looks like they're still they're still solid team. So you know, I I think a lot of people thought they would be the one seed that would fall just due to the livers injury, but I think I think they they beat Florida State. I'm kind of I'm kind of torn on this one. I think this will definitely be a better game than UCLA and Alabama for sure. But I mean, just by the way, you know, Florida State beat Colorado after Colorado destroyed Georgetown like I mean I don't know Florida State's looked pretty good um I could see it really going either way I'm probably gonna go with Michigan too just because of the same reason like I had Michigan losing to LSU in the round of 32 in my bracket um but I mean they they pulled through in that LSU game and obviously they destroyed Texas Southern so I mean I don't know I'll give the benefit of the doubt to Michigan in this one yeah, same. I I actually don't real I actually don't like what I saw from Florida State. Uh they came out of the gate strong against UNC Greensboro the first first ten minutes of the first half. They they built up like a 20, 15, 20 point lead. And I was like, why is UNC Greensboro even in this tournament? They're they're terrible. They had like two minutes or two points with like <laughs> you know, twelve minutes left in the half. And uh they let him back in it. It was like a three point game at halftime, and I'm like Wow, Florida State's really just toying with them now. And then uh then the Colorado game, I think that was more of just Colorado cooled off. Uh they, I called them the Colorado Curries against Georgetown cuz they couldn't miss. And then against Florida State, they couldn't hit anything. So, I don't know. I Florida State's a weird team. I think uh I've been impressed with Michigan if I'm being honest. I I thought they would I thought LSU really would have won that game uh, if they would have played a little bit of defense. They weren't interested, uh, but yeah, I got Mich- I got Michigan and Alabama going going on. Right, let's go on to the last section of the bracket here, uh, the west side of the bracket. Um, a little more normal as well. Um, kind of turned out the way a lot of people expected. Uh, first game I want to talk about is the Creighton and Santa Barbara game. <laughs> I mean, that was one of the craziest games of the round of 64, no doubt. Um, how do y'all feel about that outcome? I know y'all y'all both wanted Santa Barbara to win, and I, I uh, pulled through with uh, Creighton. But 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 Santa Barbara, A, won the game, and B, was by far the better team. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. They uh, The refs don't call a foul. They don't call a foul at the end of the game. And I think it was – was it so – that missed, I think it was So that missed the bunny. I mean, he had an easy, easy put in. He got, gets hammered in the gut. Just gets absolutely checked by the defender. No call. Proceeds to miss the bunny. They lose the game. I mean, Santa Barbara was by far the superior team. They played better all game. I mean, it's just unfortunate that when I pick the underdog to win the game, the opposing coach proceeds to then double team the the underdog's best player. Ja'Cory McLaughlin was just getting double teamed after every screen. They were just trapping him off of screens, forcing the ball out of his hand, and making somebody else beat him. 
I don't know why Matt Painter and Purdue can figure that one out, but hey, we already went over that. To each their own. But, you know, UC Santa Barbara won that game. Uh, I think they were the best team out of that part of four. They should be in the Sweet 16. And, you know, the ref blows his whistle for once. Maybe he had it. Maybe it was broken. I don't know. Something happened there. But they didn't call the foul. And as a result, Creighton moves on. Creighton's terrible, by the way. Creighton is absolutely (laughs) garbage. Yeah, Creighton only had, like, two guys that had decent games. Or a decent game that against Santa Barbara. But Santa Barbara, I mean, they they were so consistent. They had, like, four or five different guys scoring, you know, at all times. It was, you know, they looked like they had – Creighton right where they wanted them, and looked like they were going to go to a go to the round of 32 after that game and win it. But uh, yeah, Creighton got lucky there at the end, squeezed by. I don't know what game makes me more mad of the, all of the ones I've seen so far, but that that's probably takes the cake right there. That one was that one was egregious. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Here we go. I guess the only really the only other thing out of the round of 64 that's you know. Not, not really normal. I mean, a lot of people assume this would happen. You know, I was, I was one of them, and Devin was one of them. But uh, Ohio beating Virginia. Yes, sir. I mean, it was, it was, it was a bad. I feel like it was a safe bet. You know, Virginia with the COVID stuff, they trapped in a hotel room the entire week before, didn't get a practice at all. I mean, it's just a safe bet. You know, you're gonna be, you're gonna have those nerves of playing in front of. You know, millions of people watching on television. You're gonna have, and just just you're gonna have rustiness just from being cooped up in a hotel all week. I mean, it was, it was a safe bet, and I mean, Ohio pulled through. So, I mean, a lot of people focused on Jason Preston after that game because you know he almost dropped a triple double, and he did play very well. But I mean, the reason that Ohio won that game is because of Ben Vanderplaus. Man, man had ten straight points in the second half when it was crunch time, about like six to eight minutes to go. He literally scored 10 straight points for Ohio, brought him back, gave him the lead, gave him a nice little cushion they were able to hold on to to close out the game. And he hit like, he was hitting some heat check threes. Uh, yeah. I, I was like, keep shooting them, man. they're going in. They're terrible shots, but hey, they're going in. Uh, so that was fun to watch, especially when you're rooting for the Bobcats. But uh, it's unfortunate the run came to an end against uh, Villain- or Creighton. But, you know, it was fun game to watch, and I'm not surprised that Virginia... Got upset. I mean, if they if they lost that game to Purdue um, in that Elite Eight game, I believe it was in 2019, people would be thinking a lot differently about Tony Bennett. So, well, going off that, I will say I don't care that they won the title. Tony Bennett will not be the coach of my basketball team ever. His style of play is not welcome. He's not welcome. His his style of play, his coaching sucks. It's awful to watch. It's prone to upsets. I don't know how like they win the ACC every year, the regular season. I, I just I don't get it. I don't get it. He's such a bad coach. I don't care that they won the title. They shouldn't have won the title. And they're just a bad basketball team all the way around. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I know how much Chad loves watching Kihei Clark run the point for Virginia. Oh, gosh. Oh, I, mean. I can't imagine a worse point guard other than Devin Askew. <laughs> no, he's easily the worst point guard in that tournament. He's so terrible. Hey, anytime that Kihei Clark had the ball or was shooting, I was ecstatic. That just meant Jay Huff and Sam Hauser weren't getting to shoot the ball. I was loving it. Yeah. It is. If I'm a if I'm an Ohio fan, I wanted him to shoot every time. I'm just like, stop. 
<laughs> really no yeah he, he did he did not shoot good wait he shot like three for ten or something like that like, uh, not very good i mean sam and they were hauser, bad shots too bad yeah, shots bad. sam hauser didn't shoot good at all either i think he shot like 25 percent or something like that off like 16 shots i mean like he 15 or 16 or something like that he he did not do good at all i mean there was just nothing was falling for virginia and that that's you know as expected you know after being cooped up like i said other than that, not much happening in the round of 64, you know. I mean, as expected, Gonzaga won, Oklahoma won, USC won, Kansas won, Iowa won. Yeah, it's just, it's just you know, what you'd expect. But um, round of 32, Oregon beat Iowa. Oregon beat Iowa. Wow. Luca Garza crying. I, you see, I always thought Iowa was kind of overrated, but I didn't – I don't know what the Pac-12 problem is. They're, like, undefeated as a conference and uh At Colorado broke that streak. Yeah, yeah. They were. Of course. Um you know, but I Luca Garza was actually a lot better than I thought. I didn't, you know, watch him play a lot because I don't care about the Big Ten. But like he was actually a dominant force. Uh, it's just, you know, Oregon was making everything and uh I mean, it's hard to win a basketball game when you're playing the other team 1v5. Hey, it was 2v5. Wieskamp had a good game. Wieskamp yeah, dropped 17, 6, and 5. I mean, that's a, that's a, if you're getting that from Wieskamp, I think you, expect, I think you expect to win the game. I'll say, I'll say one point, one and a half, one and a half first five. So the guards will do- drop double that. He put up 36 and off decent shooting as well. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem lied in the fact that Jordan Bohanna didn't show up and Iowa was incapable of playing a semblance of defense the entire game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I do feel bad for Luka Garza. I mean, he played really well, and unfortunately he just didn't have three other players on the court with him, so it happens, but I thought Iowa was pretty good. I didn't expect him to get upset this early, Um, but yeah, it sucks for Luka. Yeah. You know, speaking of an upset, I don't consider this an upset because I thought this was going to happen. USC just absolutely destroying Kansas in the round of 32. I mean, the Mobley boys. The, Mo- the Mobley bros. They looking, they're looking good in this tournament. They are connecting everywhere. But again, but USC shot 61% from three. Like, come on. Like, yeah, if a team is shooting 61% from behind arc, they're going to win the game. <laughs> like, like, sure, everyone, everyone's like, oh, oh, Kansas wasn't that good this year. Oh, we, oh, Kansas just wasn't that good. Oh, USC is great. They got the Mobley twins. Like, okay, they were just hitting shots. They were just on fire. It happens. Say la vie. Like, it, it, I don't think it's, I don't think people would need to be overreacting as much, acting like USC was this powerhouse, like, Okay, they shot greater than 60% from behind the arc. It's a phenomenon. It won't happen again. Let's go Ducks. <laughs> I guess that answers my next question. I was going to ask you about the Sweet 16, of course. Uh, Gonzaga and Creighton, USC and Oregon. So do you actually think Oregon's going to beat USC in the oh, Sweet 16? Oh, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I love Oregon in this game. I mean, Oregon was the better team in the regular season. Yeah, USC is... Not that good. You just shut down Evan Mobley. You're fine. They won't be hitting 61% from behind the arc. You'll be fine. And Oregon they can actually play some defense, I think. So, you know, you combine all of those factors. Um, and Dana Altman is better coach as well. So, 
give him that checkbox as well. So I'm, I'm definitely liking I'm definitely liking the Ducks in this game. I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take USC in this game. Actually, I don't think they're gonna be able to stop Evan Mobley. Um, I mean, if his brother's keeping up his game as well, I mean, that's two different guys you're gonna have to stop because both of them have been playing exceptionally well. I think so. I mean, I, I just look for them to keep riding the uh, streak. Chad, what do you think? I don't know what I think. Great. That was great, and that was hard hitting. I needed you to split tie. Tell me that Dana Allman and Chris Duarte were better. I've never seen them play until the tournament. I I literally don't know what to make of either one. Uh, you know what? Give me Oregon. Give me Oregon. I like I like their colors better. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, sir. That's the factor between. Oh, I like their colors better. That okay. Whatever. Whatever. Josh, uh, Josh, I'll give you five dollars if uh, USC shoots greater than sixty percent from behind the arc this game. That is the that no. <laughs> no you don't have to. You don't have to give me anything back. I'll just give you five if it happens. Okay. If they yeah. shoot greater than sixty. I'll, I'll hit you a Venmo. It ain't, right. it ain't yeah, happening though. I'll tell you that it ain't happening. I don't expect it to. I don't expect it to. Um, I also don't. Up. I also don't think Gonzaga could have had an easier road to the Final Four either. <laughs> True. <It's> so disgusting. <laughs> True. But, uh, they don't play a real conference schedule, and they don't even play a real tournament run. It's uh, I, it's such a flawed, undefeated season. It's, exactly. Uh, put, an, put an asterisk next to it. This it is why. This is why I thought Illinois was going to win the tournament to begin with, because they had the third toughest schedule out of all NCAA basketball teams, and I'm, Gonzaga had a cakewalk the entire season. Now they're having a cakewalk in the tournament. I don't. I still don't expect Gonzaga to win the championship. I expect them to get there just because it's so easy. But I, 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 I expect them to fluke at the end. I don't, I don't think they're going to do it. I think, I, I think, I think it's a flawed, perfect season. I agree with Chad, and it's going to end. It's going to be, I don't want to say like Kentucky's 2015 season because Kentucky actually played some competition that season. Um, but yeah, they're going to get to the, they're going to get to the end, and it's going to get screwed up. I don't think they're going to get, I don't think they're going to get a championship this year. I just don't see it. I, not with the competition they played coming up to this point. I don't, I don't, I just don't expect it. And they don't really have many athletic guys. I mean, if they get up against an athletic team, I feel like they could easily get stopped. Oh, uh, you don't like Drew Timmy down there Except in the post? Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs. Corey Kisper. No, you tell me he doesn't have a 42 and a half inch vert. I, I am telling you that. Exactly. The only the only athletic guy they have is Jalen Suggs. So, I mean, you throw a couple athletic guys on Drew Timmy, and, um, I mean, you're you're good. You're good. It's really not hard. It's really not. They just haven't played any competition. So I got. I mean, I got Gonzaga beating Creighton. Creighton, by the way. But I don't know what you all think. Yeah, I mean, I got, we got Gonzaga in the Final Four. It just yeah, couldn't couldn't yeah. be easier. I don't think. Yep. All right. Well, I mean, we still got a couple weekends of March Madness to look forward to. Um, there's also uh, there's also uh, an NBA trade deadline uh, this week. So. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about some NBA trade deadline. Give our thoughts on some trades as well. Um, you can find the full episode on From the Sidelines NBA. So go check out that podcast feed. You can find that on ftspod.com or wherever you get your podcast. And we're gonna post a little snippet or uh, we'll give you a little taste of that of that episode on here. But uh, feel free to go check out the full thing on From the Sidelines NBA.
What? What does that look, Josh? What is that? They is never, it a they, bad day? I don't. I love Delon Wright. Delon Wright was arguably our best player. Is arguably no, no, our second no, best player. Jer- okay, Jeremy that. Grant gets the ball every single time down the court, and he puts up stats. Congratulations! If I had a forty percent usage rate in thirty-five minutes a game, I could do that as well. Okay, it's not impressive, but when you're dropping almost a triple double every single night out, limiting your turnover rate, and not even getting a high usage rate. Yeah, Delon Wright. What do you? Yeah, he's been insane. All right, and that does it for this episode of From the Sidelines. Feel free to give us a follow on social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at FTSPod. And you can send us an email if you think, you know, Gonzaga is going to win the title or if you got a sleeper Dark Horse team you want to pick. Feel free to send us an email to theftspod at gmail.com. You can check out the rest of our podcast and all of our articles on our website at ftspod.com. we got some LCS LEC spring playoff action. And we got some uh, NBA content as well. So go ahead and check that out on our website, ftspod.com. Bye, have a great time.